Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lennis, and with me always, my buddy, Adurok Jaisinger. Hello, buddy. Benjamin. This is an exciting one. We've got a we guest are. in, a good friend of ours, a very, 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 very funny, funny stand-up comedian. Possibly, uh, mate. I can yeah. like, Shut up. Wait, <laughs> fucking shut up. You know what? He's off the pod already. He's off, just doesn't know when to come in, just comes in swinging. Uh, no, we absolutely love him. This guy's yep. hilarious. You're going to love him too. Please welcome to Fitbit. But Andrew Wolf. Oh, Woo! hey boys, how you going? Yeah, how you going? good. Man. good. I'm there, hey, I, I never trust the technical equipment. Hey, right now I'm thinking like we're probably not recording, but whatever. Because yeah. I, sh- I I share an office with people and they they change the setup when I got in. Yeah. Do you know when you share stuff and they don't <laughs> ask? Did, hang on, did they change the setup after you moved in? <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. You know, we share the office and then I come in and go, oh, the roadcaster's now in a different spot. Uh, that works yeah. really well for them, but uh, yeah. I wasn't asked. To, to be fair, Ben asks a very good question, I reckon, because yeah. um, we've, uh, we've we've done a lot of gigs together quite recently, Wolfie, yeah. over in WA, and um, whenever we're in the same green, green room, I tend to step out because I'm like, this guy doesn't know how to whisper. <laughs> he doesn't know how to whisper it actually happened with mike goldstein he was there and i thought why is he not hanging out in the green room and yeah. it's like mate i just i'm like what you've been doing comedy for years why would you watch the show and yeah. he was like mate um it's just a bit march hey bit <laughs> he goes you don't seem to read social cues you're too close to me yeah. i'm chat i sometimes chat and i'm like i'm almost touching their ear and I'm like, yeah. why don't I give it a rest? Hey. Yeah, but you you do talk quite loudly, and and uh, and but but so do I. So I kind of I feel like I I, I am that guy in the green room quite. Do you often know where as it well. comes from? Like my, I think my granddad had like a, a bomb or something go off near his ear, and then when he came back from the war, right. he spoke like that. But then we all just What's thought, your oh, excuse? That's not... What fucking bomb were you other well, than I'm your saying... own? After one I'm... of your own performances, you were like, fuck, yeah, that's yeah, a bomb. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think genetically we just thought, oh, everyone screams because of the deaf granddad. So we're like, hey, yeah. granddad, how you going? And then yeah. the, the audio, the, the volume went up. I actually right. had a girlfriend and we're at a concert and the music was like, I was in London, it was loud. And I asked, do you want a beer? And she basically left the gig and said I'd hurt her ear, like I'd injured her. She oh. just said, Would you? And she goes, you yelled at my ear. And she goes, I'm like, and she goes, it's actually hurting now. I need to go. She yeah. goes, do you know what I mean? Like, I just can't control it. Even would now, you, Would you want a beer? No, I'd actually prefer an ear right now. because She goes, it's me. actually ringing and it's sore now. I think yeah. you burst the, I burst the eardrum with, oh with the God. volume. But you have, because you do, you do have that voice that you can tell that you have strained your vocal cords a lot. Oh. Like you, can, you can tell that, you know, it's, it's not because you smoke four packs a day. Uh, well, I don't know if you do, but you know, well, I probably do that as probably, well, to be honest. But, but you know, yeah. plus the straining of the voice, which is something I've had issues as well. But then, give it another ten years, Wolfie, and you'll sound like Tony Robbins. Oh, <laughs> you know, that, that happened at my show, and I thought, oh, there's a girl hanging back to, to compliment me on the show, and she was a speech pathologist, and goes, "You need urgent treatment on your voice." <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "You are doing massive damage." <clears throat> Yeah. Need to, I need to treat you immediately or you might lose your voice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, that's like having a mental health professional after my show going, I need you to come into the office because some of the shit you're talking about. Imagine if you um, leave in a straitjacket straight after the show, you open up and they go, you're not right in the head, mate, and you're right, taken away. I love a straitjacket. 
pretty sure they're illegal now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. illegal. <laughs> I think it is. It's, it's, it's a different form of a restraint. And oh, mate, I, it. that's how I used to get my kids to sleep. You pop them in that. Yeah, this, the, the, what is it The, uh, the what is it called again? The swaddle. The, the swaddle. Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. The swaddle was great where you could Velcro strap it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Move. But they actually, to be honest, they like it. The yeah, comfort, they do like it. Because they're still partly in the womb. It's the fourth trimester. So. Do you reckon you can still do it? Do you reckon you can still do it, Wolfie? The swaddle? I reckon it's still imprinted in my, in my I, head. Mate, what, what, as an, uh, to your kids, like, because yeah. my kid's about six or seven, I could... If no, but if you had a baby, it, if you had a baby in front of it, do you reckon automatically would it come back to you? Oh, mate, I... I was so good at it, hey, because I'm a perfectionist, and yeah. the nurses had never seen it. I learned all the various techniques, and then yeah. I was getting angry with myself. I'm like, he'd be swaddled, and I'm like, it's not good enough. I can do a tighter, a tighter <laughs> yeah. curve. And they were like, this guy is a bit intense, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the reason why, and the reason why he, he's done a great swaddle, and the reason why his baby's not sleeping, probably because he's yelling. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, imagining yeah, like, you singing "Rockabye Baby" to the babies in that voice. <laughs> And so we started it before we hit record. Uh, a phrase you said was, "Oh, I'm really angry." Hey, so I think <laughs> oh, that's, that's a place we want to start. I mean, there's I'm a lot livid. to unpack with you, dude. I'm I'm livid. It's just because uh, I'm obviously separated now, divorced. Yeah. So and I love it obviously. I mean, it's not obvious to the listener. Well, well I mean, yeah, yeah. No, well, if you saw the background, yes, it would be. Well, it makes a lot of sense to listen. I suppose the big shock is that I ever had a partner in the first right, place. I had right. someone to lose. Yeah. That's where they would fall afoul, going, what, what crazy girl committed her life to me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, it's just the niggling, the niggling of everything. Because, uh, you know, oh. everything's a haggle. At, at the moment, what happened is um, one of the kids has had to have a feeling Yep. And um, obviously we were planning to share that cost, but now yep. she said that I caused the filling by giving extra treats. Oh, and, wow. And I'm like, oh, so this is what we're doing. So now I, we, we, we do 50-50 share, but now she's managed to determine that this filling was my, me giving it too many sugary treats and she has been infallible. And I don't know. It j- it's not a big deal and I'm happy to pay with it, but it's just the ongoing context that I'm like, Oh, I see how it is. Every problem will now somehow find its way to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be right. Is. Right. This is this is very quickly becoming Doctor Phil. But and, it's uh, stressful. And then I got to the yeah. daycare, and we we'd been splitting that, and she hasn't paid for eight weeks. She's avoided that. When I went to the dentist, she hadn't given her Medicare card, and I was like, "What do you mean? Like they've had three sessions? How did she get away without giving any details?" And I was like, "She's ducking and." Weaving, you know, to get out of yeah. the small things. Well, you sound so, infuriating. You, you, I'm surprised at why you ever got divorced. You sound so perfect. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, but this is, but this is like because because you're at, you're at this stage where it's it's fifty fifty and fifty yeah. fifty works. It stops less conversations. It, like everything's yeah. it, it's down the middle. Everything. So therefore, yeah. but as soon as that starts to change, it's a slippery slope from there. Oh well, and you know what the thing is. Then the problem is it all explodes because you've been biting your tongue on other stuff. Yeah. And because you're angry, suddenly you give a detailed, itemised, uh, I paid for the birthday, I paid for this, I paid for that. I'm like, I don't want to go here. Let's just and the ter- do the, the right ter- thing. Can we just spit it? But anyway, ter- I'm wearing all the bills at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Which but is I great. sound like a bloody misogynist, so maybe delete all this. <laughs> uh, not yet, at least. You're fine so far. Yeah. Uh, but um, what I also want to reference is a bit stand-up bit of yours that you have about the uh, kids saying to you, uh, we did that trip recently. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you, do you want to give the punchline? Oh, it- I said, uh, we did a trip to Nance. And I said, that wasn't a holiday. That was a divorce. We're still living there. <laughs> yeah. So are you currently... Uh, yeah, so that's kind of partially true, right? You're currently... Dude, it was so embarrassing because it was at school and you needed news. And because we had COVID, I, I felt devastated because you blame yourself a lot as a single parent. You're like, oh, I've let them down. And this right. is probably why I, I coax them with sugar and I overcompensate because I feel bad. <laughs> At least that's on the record now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, you pay for so those I'm, feelings. Look, to be honest, the feelings are 100% my fault. <laughs> I'm the sugar daddy, dude. <laughs> donuts. I'm always feeling guilty. I'm like, yeah, let's swing through McDonald's. But I've got, I've You're the sugar bag. daddy without the money. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I'm a sugar. <laughs> Dude, I've got a bad relationship with food. You're like, like, like Splendor, Splendor Daddy. It's not real. Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So what were we saying? Uh, what were we talking about? I forgot. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The trip. About the uh, moving into mum and dad's. Dude, but it's funny because... Um, because the kids and I was like, oh, we had done a few holidays before back when I had money. And then I was like, we've actually literally done nothing. And I felt so bad. And then I realized, oh, no, COVID. COVID, we couldn't go anywhere. Let's yeah, not, yeah. I haven't let them down. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing with kids because he was excited. He goes, we did do that big trip. And it was just so good, joyous to realize that the divorce, when I loaded them up to drive mm. to my parents' house, was exciting to them. Yeah, it was a trip with <laughs> something to do. You know, a like, what a great... They say a change is as good as a holiday. So they, oh, they, they were like, through. oh, it was a sea change. Remember that? What a great moment. It was so exciting to leave uh, our family house. So, I don't know. <laughs> so, 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 what was it? how does that go? So, you guys... So, because I'm quite fascinated. So, I have a couple of friends who are going through this process at the moment. So, they're, they're yeah, separating. Yeah, yeah. It's 50, It's 50-50. Some of them are fighting for 50-50. Yeah. They've been told to just go hard first, get 50-50, because if you get less... It's really hard to get that yes, get that yes. other fifty percent back. So you're currently at fifty fifty. Um, do you guys live in the same suburb? Do you? How does that work logistically? Oh well, look, every it, it, it was. I was very lucky, hey, because I feel like I could get more than fifty. Do you know what I mean? I think normally you're struggling to get like a lot of my guy mates that have it. They'll see their kid like yeah. one weekend every six weeks. Yeah, and then they slowly are so disconnected and it's so sad, man. But, you know, I see them too much, really, to be honest. <laughs> I'm trying to push it back. But um, no, no. So what? how does how does it work? Like, um, what are yeah, you saying? So, yeah, yeah. So how do you, do, do you, like, because seven days in a week, I'm just, logistically, like, I'm always just like, how how many days a week do you it? Is it is it a monthly thing? Is yeah, it? Yeah, no, we, you, we do, we do a week on, week off. And then, uh, yeah. so we swap on Fridays. Yeah. And then on the Tuesday night, we have like a, a, a swap over day so that, you know, so it's not a full week without yep. seeing the kids. Yeah, but, um, it, it's a hellish setup, man, because uh, you can never really get a routine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got and- mo- Did you say routine or root in? Both. Oh, a bit of both. <laughs> a bit of both. Right. <laughs> no, a routine because you... Um, do you know what I mean? You've got the kids and it's too much. Yeah. And then when you don't have them, you're just sort of sad and, do you know, there's nothing happening. Right. So you sort of, when you've got them, you resent them. And when you don't, you long for them. And right. you just, suddenly just so years well pass said. by. And you're like, when you've got them, you can't do anything. You're like, I, I literally can't go to the shops. I'm like, I prepare all that stuff before they come. Because how old and, are they? Five and seven, did you say? Um, yeah, one's four and four. seven. 
four and seven. Yeah. Okay. Right. Four and, and they, seven. They're aware yeah, that mum and dad have split, or yeah, they're well aware. Hey. And, um, <laughs> I mean, fuck! If you didn't know now, Jesus Christ! Well, I just, I just know that, that I just know that, that we have certain, some friends who've split, and uh, they just think their parents are, in, you know, different houses, in separate now. houses, separate houses, and they just don't notice the difference. Really, Mate, it's, it's amazing. It's such a the thing is obviously the priorities the kids, so it's like a, a monkhood, you know, to to learn to to control because we're obviously I don't think we're. My, my ex and I are like cat and dogs fighting. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. trying to trying to bury that. Do you know what I mean? Like I bite my tongue more more times than I don't. You know, just right. sitting there fuming. And what about just... what do you, what do you use as an outlet then if you're biting your tongue for those things? Is it, oh, it stand up or alcohol? Right. Alcohol and food. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I mean, no, but I'm being sincere that 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 stuff needs to come out somewhere, and if it's not. Channel yeah, right. correctly, it can go, you know, the wrong way. So right now, do you, do you know what you, is, you know, you know what you were saying though. It is one hundred percent true about tra- channeling the energy. Energy, like it was my son's birthday a few weeks ago, and my mu- my the mum's a bit disorganized, so she arrived late. And I thought, oh, if you're in a relationship, you you know, you just get on with it. And it happened. I think because you're separated, they're so easy to blame. Yeah. For just things that just happen, any you know, you always think, "I unreliable." She's this, but when you were together, st- stuff happens. You know, you get caught in traffic. You know, it's so easy. But I, I think about challenging, challenging that energy because I've been in a washing machine for years, and I've slowly learned you can't let someone else's nature influence yours. Like I'm happy-go-lucky, yeah. fun guy. But I've what, been what do you mean? Quick... Sorry, I'll pause a second. Sincerely, what do you mean by uh, you were in a washing machine? What's that phrase mean? Well, well I, I mean, like I was in turmoil. I was reacting right. to to all these moments. And she is a little bit more, I don't know, petty and pulls this stuff. And I just like to have fun. And I'm just a relaxed person. And I'm yeah. like, I've been so fucking angry. And I'm like, I've sort of finally realised I've just got to channel, channel that energy into stand up and running and do other stuff. And just try focus on being what I was before this relationship. Were you angry just... prior to the split or the relationship? Mate, I was the happiest guy. I was right. the fun guy. All I did, like I was almost fun to a point of being annoying. Like the guy doesn't take anything seriously. Right, Everything's right, right. A bit which of a is what you, Which is what you also want to do for your kids. You still want to be the fun guy for your kids. You still want to be the fun dad. It's yeah. just now... It must be so hard to then have a birthday party, and then you and you just would you don't want to paint her in a bad light, even though yep. everything in your head is just going. You didn't do this, you didn't oh. do that. Now I'm paying for the whole feelings, and you're going to criticise half the party of what I've done. Bite, 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 tongue, and then you got to still go. Bit, I don't want to paint their mother in a bad light. Oh, dude, that's a hundred percent. So you're at the birthday party, and she's in the room because we tried to do it together, and you're livid. And then you're phoning in the fun and you're trying to act all, oh, hey, kids, having a lovely... And you actually just want to punch the wall repeatedly and the kids can see through it and they're like, Daddy's grimacing. He's not, he doesn't really seem happy. I just, like, I just have the thought of you just getting that piñata and just beating the shit out of it. Oh, the piñata. I've, I've decimated the piñata. The, the, the lollies inside are smashed. <laughs> I'm like, wasn't that fun, kids? Happy birthday, Emerson. <laughs> because, <laughs> because also, you're very close. I assume your four-year-old will start school next year. Oh, he's in. He's in kindy now. Yeah. 
is in kindergarten. So, but, but then it's amazing because then once they start school, then you'll have the one drop off. Like you're yeah. you've got fifty fifty plus two drop offs. Like just oh. the logistics in that, the payment, the childcare subsidy. It's just it's bonkers. It's been oh. as soon as it gets older, it gets easier. It does get easier. Hey, it was much harder when they didn't interact as much, and it was just me driving around <laughs> the suburbs. With two kids, not really giving me much. And I, I remember drop-off on the Sunday. The kids thought we lived so far away from their mums, but I was just chewing the clock. They think, Jesus, a long drive to get to mums. But it was that last hour and a half, and I'm like, I'm out of energy. I'm just listening to podcasts. I'm just going to do laps of the Sunday before I drop these little bastards off. And they thought, Daddy, it's so far to mums. I'm like, it's actually just a suburb away. I drive the whole length of Perth. Just killing Mate, oh, I, I can't. I, 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 so have to, I have to get some counter counterpoints oh. regarding having kids here in this conversation. Yeah. Tell me some of the, the the joys of it. Oh, mate, it's so good <laughs> seeing their their personality develop as they get older. The and then you're in the fun age. Well, I want to hear. I want to hear Wolfie. I want to hear Wolfie's. Uh, oh, mate, it's just so fun because there's a lot of you trying to influence them. But they are what they are. And it's just so exciting because it's a total new personality. And as they get to sort of like three, four, um, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like nothing. Are they funny? Are, they, are you able to like. Dude, my kids are funny. Right. They make me laugh. Right. And they're, they're sort of the younger ones quite um, clowny and he's silly. And, and then the other traits, which is insane. Like you'll see them doing mannerisms and it reminds you of your granddad. Who, oh, you, who okay. they never met. They right, never yeah. met. Like, he right. passed away before they were born. Yeah. And you can see, oh, my gosh. Is one of them just listening intently going, what, say that a bit louder? Oh, it's <laughs> <a bunch of friends. laughs> I didn't hear you. Yeah. What's that, John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Japanese are coming again. Wait, what? Dude, <laughs> our house was a madhouse. Because I was talking to my sister's um, husband, and he's like, I'd never seen anything like it. Everyone yelling, no one listening. He goes, it's the most insane family I'd ever seen. Just people shouting at the top of their voice <laughs> and, and no real acknowledgement of what anyone else was saying. Right. And that's all I've lived in. Chaos. Right. Mate. But so just to, just to touch on what Dill said before, yeah. is um, when you do finally drop them off and it's your week off, that night where you drop them off, do you just get on it? Oh, mate. Do you know what the problem is? I am such a sensitive person that I'm just really sad. Do you know what I mean? I, I probably need to see a counsellor urgently. Hey. Probably. Because I checked. I checked I, I've started getting those Google updates about how far you've walked. And I think last month I walked 4Ks over the whole month, which is about 20 metres. So that includes kids' drop-offs, which means pretty much – I probably just go home and lie in a darkened bedroom, sad. Wow. Right. And, just, and I'm just like, was just, not, does Johnny not, not dealing with it well. Steps? What's this? <laughs> Dude, the, the family court steps were a big exercise. Like walking up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my big stairmaster. Hey, the fucking <laughs> elevation is huge. Dude, but I must say, it has been to the downfall to tie it into Fitbit. Because I have been a comfort eater my whole life uh -huh. and now I'm just immersed in a, a world of pain. And I've, I've managed to control it a bit with those sort of fad diets, but it's out of control now, so, my weight. I don't know how I'm not bigger. Right, so let's let's get into it because we this is where uh, what so we were great. talking about a couple of weeks ago in, in Perth, yeah. uh, specifically keto. 
and your experience yeah, yeah. with keto. So let's talk about that. Well, how, how did, was, when did you first get on it and what well, was the Well, to give you context, my, my youngest son was like me, right? Like a fat baby. And I feel like that's the problem. From there onwards, you're sort of upside weight. Because I feel like once you're sort of 30 kilograms percentage body fat, for the rest of your life, your body tries to seek that. Well, we know that. Did you understand fact. that figure? Because I didn't. I, I, I get what you're saying. When your BMI is around 30%. When your body, your body fat, like the amount of fat on you is a certain percentage. Yeah. What, your, your, your psychology for the rest of your life tries to get back to that. Right. There's an, equilibrium, the there's an equilibrium that your body thinks this is our no, new norm. And, and when you try it. and lose weight, it's trying to push you back to what it was. Because it's, it's most comfortable. That's well, when it's most abundant right. and safest. So right. I had that from a young age. I've got photos of me and my parents were saying, you're not fat. And I'm like, I'm not fat. I'm obese. <laughs> Who was feeding me? Yeah. So anyway, so... So then I, um, I hit puberty late, so I had packed on the weight again. And then from then onwards, I've been back and forth, yo-yo died. Yeah. I, I believe I'm a fat guy masquerading in a skinny body. Like, I should be huge. <laughs> right. And to, to, to be skinny, I have to be unhappy and eat, like, muesli out of a backpack and, have, you know what I mean, to have a horrible life. <laughs> right. Just when we couldn't, couldn't find another form of dysmorphia, we've just yeah. come across it. <laughs> no, no, but I was saying to you, you know, I, start, I believe some people are meant to be fat. And for me to be skinny, I have to just have a horror, like eat virtually nothing. And I knew it growing up, right? Because my brother would consume hundreds of donuts and he, would, he had a fast metabolism. Yeah. And I was always quite cautious with my food and I would just explode immediately. Right. You know, it goes straight to the hips. And we just had total different... But I would watch him. There you know, is, he'd eat a lot more. There is actual studies done on microbiome and the, the gut brain, so to speak, yep. where they did this thing where they took the bacteria from a fat person, from an obese person, and one from a lean person, gave it to yep. two separate mice or rats, mm. and gave them the same diet. And the mouse that had the uh, fat person's bacteria put on weight, and the mouse yep. that had the thin person's or the lean person's bacteria you know, stayed neutral. Yeah, I loved, so, I saw that study. And that it's was really, it, it just goes to show that you've trained your gut to absorbing fat and storing all yeah. this, you know, excessively. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It means that you have to untrain your gut as well. It's not just about calories in, calories out at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, you're yeah, literally yeah, putting yeah. the same calories into this mouse and you're getting the same output, yet they're storing more. And why is that? We because need one had a the... gut. We need a gut replacement. Well, so yeah, I, I think it's something in. to do with like, uh, fuck. This is the part where I stopped reading because I'm like, well, what do we do to fix it? And I was like, ah, oh, it's too much information. Just give me the one <laughs> magic pill. I think it's you like know that, kimchi. But you know, they actually do that. They do put fecal matter from someone else into your stomach. You can. Do oh, really? That as a weight loss that? treatment. You get someone to shit in your mouth. Is that what Amber Heard said to be? Amber Heard was trying to do with Johnny Depp fix his. Yeah, yeah, but little people know about that study. That one mouse that got fatter was in a shared custody relationship. To go on to the Dukin, so like, because I've never really comfortably sat at a weight, it's always been, well, fuck, shock. Either I'm really skinny or fat. Every photo is mm. like um, a cast of two different characters yeah you know? you're season, season, and I season seven of friends you know chandler and friends he's really yeah. fat at the end of season yeah. six and then season finale uh, 
premiere of season one, uh, season seven is the same scene, but yep. it's like two, four months later where he's gone in a huge coat. <laughs> really? And he's super skinny. <laughs> Dude, I find it, uh, people are shocked the whole time. But anyway, t- to get onto the Ducat, it was... Well, the Ducat, what is that phrase? Duke and Diet, which was the early keto, but I think oh, the guy that invented a, that died. I didn't know that. So it was a bit extreme. Right. The Duke and Diet, uh, Ducant was a. F- How do you spell similar, that? D U K A N. Okay. Duke and Diet. I was on that a few years ago and it was so effective, but at the cost of things, right? Like I had sort of bags under my eyes. Cre- my brain wasn't really working properly. I was right. skittish, but I was yeah. looking incredible. People probably thought I was, um, you know, that they, they had some sort but of... you were healthy. Uh, yeah. Well, that's no, a, but I think no, when no, you no, lose cancer. weight, you lose... Yeah, that's right. They thought I was from Philadelphia. The thing is, when you lose weight like that, people are like, I think you're sick, man. You need to go see. And you're feeling great because you're skinny, but you don't look well. Like, your skin looks bad and, you know, your brain's not functioning because you're not having carbs or sugar. Uh-huh. But uh, so I've lost a ton of weight doing that. And that's the best I'd got, which was 85 kilograms. And mentally prob- fucked, though. Mentally fucked. <laughs> flat. Couldn't sleep properly. Weird. I couldn't write anything. I, I was forgetful. It was hellish, hey. But, God, I look good in bathers. <laughs> <laughs> but how long ago was that, Wolf? How long ago was that, you reckon? That, that would have been um, maybe, like, 2012. I, okay, I was yeah. so Around the time I did Raw and just started comedy, I was on Ducat. Do can yeah. okay, do can do right. can diet, but Duke then I diet. always I always knew shit. You can lose weight quick right. with this technique, so I always intermittently went into it. And then last year, I think it was before comedy festival. I was like, I think everyone had known that I blew out, so I thought, fuck you, I'm going to do this fucking keto and rip it down. So I went from like 102 down to 90 wow. in a matter of like. It's, it's astounding how quickly you lose weight. No, we know. Two, three months. <laughs> it just drops off. But the problem is there's no forward plan. There's no exit strategy. And eventually you're a year in and I'm just eating a diet of pure sausages with no, no portion yeah. controls. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So are like he's eating a whole turkey and 90 sausages. It just you know well, I, mean? I sometimes feel like you are... And, and, and Dylan and I have spoken about this as well, but we feel like you, you, you're, you're a man of extremes. And I yeah. feel like I'm like that too. And, yeah. and part of me feels like, I feel like we just didn't cross paths because I don't drink anymore. But I, can you imagine, Dil, you know, if the oh, three I of mean, us were still drinking, you had the three of us together in a room. It'd just be so <laughs> wild. Wolfie and I did get drunk once together. Uh, yeah. It was at the um, comedy festival after party at the, um, at the <laughs> High Five Bar. Uh, and we're just chatting normal, like I mean, drunk, but we're just chatting. But every time someone walked past, Wolfie would go, "Dill, we get it. You signed with Token. Just stop telling everyone." Someone walked past. He made it very seem funny. like that's all I was talking about. I'm oh, like, that's oh, very I'm funny. You with Token, great, mate. All right, well done. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. It's it something I need to quit. I need to quit alcohol because um, it, it's sort of. It's, I, I don't think I'm a bad drunk, but you know, they, I do regret a lot of things I do drinking. Well, to you, be honest you, and you say. raised something when we had dinner the other day, which was that yep. everything you've really regretted was off the back of booze. Not that Man, you necessarily I, have regretful nights all the time, but whenever you've really regretted something, you had been on the ground. Well, because you don't realize the cost benefit of it, the sliding doors moment. Like, what my life <laughs> might have been 
if I hadn't been a blackout drunk burning bridges for the last 10 years. Right. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Thinking I'm saying a funny joke, but basically you're, insulting you're drunk, so you're not <laughs> sharp, and it's probably obnoxious and rude, and, and people don't see it in the humour that I intended it because yeah. I'm yeah. fucking off my head. Right, right, right. And how much, well, in terms of the keto, when you want to go on the shred, or as you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though you go mentally fucked, what's the grog, what happens to booze then? Man, one of the, the crazy things when you know that you drink, I've always just ignored that part of the ritual. Like, I've been on Dukan, but I'll still drink beers. Yeah. Do you know, I've never yeah. ever quit the beers. So it's sort of like he, I've ate nothing all day and then I'll still have eight pints and yeah. just like, I'm like, that's part of my life. So I does that, the that, but that doesn't obviously impact the weight loss for you or the fact? It does impact the weight loss, but then I... Um, I, I, it's a, a highway to hell. Then I just eat less and just destroy myself right. during the sober times to try right. conceal my alcoholism. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 so yeah, if you yeah. got from 102 to 90, you doing, you know, last time. I was still drinking the whole time. Right. Imagine what you would have done if you had like, <laughs> if you weren't drinking, you'd reckon you'd be 80. Mate, I, the thing for me is I've never gone below 85. And when I was 85, and I've looked at the BMI, and I should be able to go into the 70s. But when I actually was 85, people were, like we were joking about, were commenting, you're, you're very sick. Yeah. You, need, you don't look good. I remember I, I met my, um, my partner, brought me back from London, and I was deep in a do-can at that moment. And the neighbour, I think... Yeah, yeah, I think she actually mentioned to the mum, like, I think he's very unwell, I, I think he's a drug addict, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I looked so bad that uh, someone that hadn't met me, their first impression was that I'm Pete Doherty, a fucking yeah. junkie. Yeah, and I'm yeah, even, yeah, yeah. So, and I, yeah. yeah. No, 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 but just on that, like, I guess we're leading into it, but that you had a different lifestyle in London. Is that where is that where you were doing all the trading, the high intensity, the whole finance kind of world? Mate, I, I must say, like, I had a good run in London because it was the party scene. Yeah. And it was the first time ever because you were going hard and you're in that stockbroking world and whatnot. Oh, I wasn't in stockbroking then, but I was in finance, getting good money. My weight was in check the whole time I was in London because of uh, – the activities that we were partaking in. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean? I never had Wait, to I'm worry guessing about squash it. during lunch break. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> squash break. But that was, that's the happiest I've ever been, which is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, oh, when you're working in finance in London, KPMG, no, that's no, the because, happiest. Uh, no, I was, yeah, I was, I actually, I was global head of risk. And you know oh. what was crazy? I looked good. And because I was sort of, G'd up on all those extracurricular things. Caffeine, yeah. I was very, I was very confident, and it, it became like self fulfilling prophecy. It was the best version of me because I'm quite an insecure, anxious guy. But with that in the system, right. I suddenly became more like slam your hand on the desk. Meeting's over. Meeting adjourned, <laughs> and, and somehow. It worked. People thought, "Juice, this guy's a mover and shaker." You know, basically, a cokehead. <laughs> They're like, I remember leaving meetings, and I, I used to. I had a job, global head of risk. I, I often didn't come into work, and they. It was almost like Costanza. You know, when Costanza yeah. quit yeah. the job and came back, they'd ring yeah. up. Where are you? 
And I'm like, I'll be in there on Thursday. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You haven't been here for 10 days. I'm working at home. I was actually playing FIFA. Do you know what I mean? And just get, but my job, um, I, I'm, I'm probably, I don't know if you guys are this. I'm a last minute Eddie, like uni, everything I do, I'm deadline driven. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If I've got time, i What time it. do you get the link for this episode, Wolfie? For you, like moments before. Yeah, exactly. So the, I checked my junk folder last night. I thought he must have he must have done it now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Getting late. <laughs> I'm like, why bother? You're going to be only needing it. At but man, so I managed to keep the job because I uh, I always have done things that, that you know in the extreme. That's my right. whole personality. So I'll pump out the whole project in two two you know two three days without sleeping. Right. And somehow. Yeah, wow. It's actually a horrible situation because I don't know how I've done it, but it would have been much better that I was held to account at a younger age and failed and had to actually build good working habits. And, you know, like I, mean, I somehow snuck through it all. Yeah, so I mean, there was, though, because at a certain yeah, point you have to accept so. that that's just your personality and that's how you work. And as long yeah. as, yes, you, we all wish we were more productive or like ahead of the game, but if you sort of know that that's going to be the inevitability, then hating on your modus operandi doesn't add any value. You're like, well, that's just how I do it. And it's been, it worked yeah, for man. me. And rather than trying to wish you were a different version, spend that other time that in the lead up doing something you actually give a shit about, because let's well, say you're feeling guilty about playing FIFA, then you're not actually gaining anything. You're not well, doing that's the work. The, that's the other problem. I'm a, I'm a, a slave to my thoughts. Yeah. So even though I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about that report the whole time. Right. Do you know, even something as simple as, uh, you know, you have to fax or uh, scan over a form, that can destroy my whole weekend. I think about it every moment, yeah. but I don't do it. Right. And it's just hours and hours in bed. I'm like, you must send that fucking bank form, man. Like, and then, you know, eventually do it and it's elation. And it's always moments before it was due. Well, I think you're addicted, similar to me, the the thrill of that that last bit. And especially yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's like where we are extreme personalities that, you know, have been contained in like a desk. <laughs> and all of a sudden we need to figure out ways to make things exciting for ourselves again. So if you do it oh, on my... time. And also it's that thing is like, I think you're similar. You said something earlier about being a perfectionist as much as, I think it's not so much perfectionist as much as it's competitive and you're competing yeah, yeah. against yourself. And it's almost like, oh, I reckon most people would need, you know, a whole week to do this, but I reckon I'm the cunt that can do it in an hour. And then oh, you give my... yourself praise because you managed to do something that was you feel so there's the elation where your boss asks how's the report going and you're like look final touches and in your head you know you haven't even started it yeah Yeah. and you still deliver yeah you still deliver the report and he goes brilliant work yeah oh my god yeah you feel like you feel like a god man yeah yeah you know and that rust but i was just saying is like you know how like there there is hope i used to be the the same, like you can can actually scan that bank form when you need to do it. The problem is you, it, it's even highlighting more that I remember when I had my two kids. It's like it's not just your bank form; it's their forms as well. So you're oh, left yeah. with three fucking forms in your head as you spin there around until go. Oh. Which one's more important? So you're prioritizing the procrastination that of the shit you haven't done. Yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, Del, you've you've made big progress though. You can always tell someone that's uh, being seeking therapy or has nice framing of ideas because mine's still chaos. Yeah. And whenever I talk to someone, you know, just the articulation of the way you, you structure things, you're like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just beating myself up. You lose it, this and that. 
but you're more aware, okay, well, that's what I am, and, and obviously the motive of it. And I think it's a direction I need to get. Do you well, know what I, think, I mean? Well, I, first of all, thank you. But, yeah, I also would point out that it's been, like, you know, a six-year process. Yes, like, yeah. and it's an ongoing yeah. process. So, for example, um, you know, and one of the things that I think has, I found most beneficial is when I started to make my changes, I went, yeah. I'm just one at a time. I can't, I can't get rid of all of these issues and vices. So let's do step yeah, by yeah. step. And so the first big one was the one that caused the most amount of grief, which was booze for me. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. was like, let me figure out the booze thing first. Because when I started quitting drinking, I put on more weight, but I allowed yeah. it because I was like, that's fine as long as you're on top of the grog. And then once yeah. I felt confident with the grog, that's when I went into exercise and, and, and nutrition as a, as a focus. And then Mate, into it, mental health. And you know what I mean? Like it, things like that. It's amazing how much destruction booze does. Like yeah. it starts off harmless, you know, in high school. And, and it's always fun because it's the best version of you. Yeah. But I think you slowly, it creeps up on you and you don't realize how negative it is to your life, you know, in, in your later years? Well, it sort of corroborates a lot with what I was discovering for myself, which was what you were saying about de- that you're an insecure person. Yeah. A- a- and, and for me, that really was the first thing is realizing that I don't have a lot of confidence. I have bravado yeah. and, and charisma on stage and people will be like, no one would ever say that, oh, that's an unconfident person. They're like, no, look at it, it's dominating. But then off stage yeah, yeah. is when I felt that, felt like a fraud and they're going to yeah. catch out the fraud. So that's when I drank to try and keep that party going. Keep Oh, mate, it actually happened at this gig we did in Exmouth. There were young kids, 19, that were sort of heckling and causing trouble and headliner hated them. But I was like, and he goes, he's so arrogant, he's cocky. I'm like, no, he's not. He's me. I was like that. He's just yeah. a confused boy yeah. that just, you so know, like he's all pr- parading it as false bravado. He's actually a very vulnerable person. I chatted to him after and there were great people. He was just in that place that I'd been yeah. when I was that age. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think that's the thing. It's just like realizing that there are elements of you. I think it's just, sorry, let me put it this way. It can feel overwhelming, all of it. When you look at it as like a whole thing, like say you're setting out to do a marathon or whatever, you're like, fuck, that's too far. I can't do it. But then you just break it down into little achievable, tiny goals. And you go, all right, all I have to do today is just do 10 minutes of running and then I'll figure out the rest tomorrow. Well, because I think the Navy SEALs say that, right? If you're confronted with a situation that's just overwhelming Uh and, and, uh, you know, it's like we can't get out of this all, all they say is focus, what step can you take? Yes. What is, you know, so you're in the woods, you're surrounded by everyone and you think, we're well, fucked, there's no escape. Don't don't think of that. Yeah. What move can I do yeah. here? Can I, can I step towards that tree? And then slowly the momentum builds and I suppose, um, but, you know, it's amazing to think because you go for these gimmick diets, Ducan and this and that, yeah. but I think un- undermining it, uh, underlying it all is controlling the inner monkey, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Self-discipline and building up your self-worth and your self-esteem. And then you don't it really need time. a fucking diet. Hey, yeah. You don't need a diet. And this is, it, I think, it, this is the problem all three of us have, which is linked to that idea of the deadline. Like we're excited yeah. by the the intensity or the, the intense 
intense activity rather than the slow and boring slow and steady wins the race kind of bullshit because yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, ah fuck that so if we was simple calorie restricting like say maybe going all right i'm gonna have like a light dinner every night instead of a binge dinner right you probably would lose weight by the end of a year by like say three kilos or four kilos but yeah, that's yeah. boring four kilos over one year bah fuck that right. boring so that's Mate. why that's why the metabolism never finds its equilibrium because the the drops are so yes. rapid and then the putting back well, on. Well, that's it. So you want to lose weight and also damage most of your organs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it was like that for Melbourne because when I went there and a couple of comments were going, oh, dude, I'm shocked. Everyone said you had absolutely ballooned, you're divorced, you lost it all. But I had jammed it in like I did at work. Yeah. And they're like, you're looking fucking great. And I'm like, I wasn't two months ago. Yeah. You know, my liver, my kidneys are probably fucking destroyed. Yeah. But I'm back, baby. And the joy of just jamming it in their face and, and proving everyone wrong was probably what you you craved, right? That adrenaline rush. Right. Of, but of, but, but that, that adrenaline rush I had to do without comics, but I had to do with my own kids. I had yeah, to change yeah. their narrative. And so I just used them as a mirror because I was like, at the start, it was like, oh, is daddy waking up? And then I heard my daughter go, no, nah, he's too hungover. Oh. And I'm like, I have to, like, I just, and so, and I knew that I can't tell them to stop saying it because yeah. that's what they're thinking. So oh, the yeah, idea yeah. was that I had to genuinely change the narrative with myself in the hope that it would change them. So they just became a mirror half the time. So yes, now, yes. and five years on, that's what I just laugh about. It's like, now it's like, uh, is mummy up? Nah, she's grumpy. She's asleep. Is daddy up? Of course he is. He's always up before us. Oh, that's amazing, man. Because uh, you realise uh, as your kids get older and it's a big motivator, at what age do they become aware that you're a disappointment? <laughs> you <know what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> at what point do they become embarrassed of you? They gave up on everything. But you know, you know what fucks me up is I'm aware of that, right? So when yeah. I've got my kids, I never drink with them anymore. Yeah. Like, I just feel too embarrassed because I've, I've lost, I've fucked up the marriage. We've lost the house. We've lost a lot of money. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is corroborate the story by being a dead shit drunk. So, yeah. But the, my issue is when they're not there, yeah. the gates of hell are open. I've got yeah. no curfew. I've got no restrictions. And I'm not healthy mentally or physically. Which is and really common. Which is, is really common. Solution. What's this? It's really common if you're fifty-fifty. You, you, you've got two, you've got two, you've got dad life and you've got single life. It's two different, oh. two different people. Like as soon as you drop those kids off, it is on. You, and you know on. the worst thing is it's fueled by a sadness because there's no. You do feel like you failed if a marriage falls apart because yeah. you had a big dream and you had a plan, and it's the loss of something because you didn't go into it lightly, and the idea was that you'd grow old and you do feel less than that you failed to execute that. Do you know what I mean? That somehow yeah. your, your, your failings and as a person meant that you took something that was beautiful and fucked it up, man. Well, someone told you know me on the weekend the, a phrase was just that when you break up or, you know, say in a divorce as well, you're really mourning the end of that future. Because you think yes, that future doesn't true. exist anymore. And that's what you're really mourning because you're, whereas if you look at the past and extract the positives from it and you go, okay, well, this future stops here, 
but that doesn't yeah. mean that my future is grim. My just my future as a couple with this person is probably not the version. Mate, I Mate, that this is more great stuff you've picked up from your psych that I need to go. To. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's the reframing. Because I ruminate now about the life that I used to have and what yeah. it might have been. And it's grass is greener. The fantasy, oh, the Nedlands house, we had this place. It was a hell show in there. I was in one of the back bedrooms the whole time, living virtually like, you know, like in a, a cell because we weren't happy. But now I reflect, oh, that beautiful pool. We never went in it. We were fighting too much. It also existed. But also, Wolfie, but also you then have to reframe because your kids is always a reminder of that life. That, that, yeah. that, that will never go away. So it's reframing of, well, this is the new life with the kids. Like, that, that, that's, you know, they, they are an amazing product of a partnership that, that in the end didn't go ahead. And so that yeah. reminder will never go away. That interaction with her will never go away. It's just then reframing it of the point. What just the a positives. beautiful thing, man. Because exactly. You can't be angry with the pettiness and the fighting if you focus on the two glorious achievements that are your kids and then go, she made that person and then it all washes away because you're like, this is magical. Even in a diminished state, we're probably living in a fucking duplex eventually. We have Red Rooster on Christmas Day. But you know what I mean? It's like (laughs) we still had – but I I do – you know the other problem is even with the kids, there's a a mourning, right? Because you're at the park. It's not – not having someone to share those moments with aren't yep. as good. Because you're, right. you're in here, it's a windswept park and the kid learns to ride for the first time and you look around and there's no one there, man. Yeah. It's just oh, you. Oh, Wolfie, that is just so... Yeah, and you sort of, your tears roll. You They don't roll because you're being brave and like, you go, boy, I love it. But the whole time you, you're deadened on the inside and you're like, fuck, I wish my kids knew me. In an undamaged state. So, you know, I wish they got so to know me when I was happy. Well, that's interesting, though. Then is there a chance that that framing, which you just said, I wish my kids knew me in a not damaged state, if there was yeah. a way to use that as your driver to go, okay, maybe this is where it's right now. But if I give myself five years to 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 as a, yeah. as a time frame, that, that what your words, damaged state, is fixable or there's more things that you can do that are in your control that you might well, be able 100%, to Well, 100%, because Ben Ben nailed it, right? Because he was known as the hangover dad. Yeah. And then with enough time and putting enough runs on the board, it's gone. Right. And that will yeah. never exist in their mind. Right. And yeah. it's like, obviously, we've had some turmoil in the last few years. But if I start listening to my ethos, which is not letting someone else's nature change yours. So if she's being snappy or rude... Just to why? Why does that make me in a bad mood? Why don't I just be happy-go-lucky? Because that's my priority that the kids see the best version of me. Yeah, well, but it's easier yeah. said than easier, done. I was about to say easier said than done. She didn't pay the fucking daycare money. Yeah, it's easier, <laughs> easier, absolutely easier said than done. But like with everything, yeah. with practice, you know, you're not going to get it right the first few times. But you know, more you practice something, the easier it gets. Because you don't want your partner, your ex, to be the thermostat for your mood. Do you know what I mean? Like if they yeah, come yeah, in hot exactly. then, and that's going to shift your mood, then, then that's fucked because now all of a sudden you're losing control as to where you're at. Right, and that's the exciting thing of life, right? Because all of these are lessons and they help elevate you to like the Buddha state where you basically, these are things that you need to be able to do. Well, they're lessons only if you learn from them. Otherwise, they're just yeah, shitty yeah, yeah. moments. <laughs> Mate, you know the problem for me is because I'm so cynical after, after the divorce – I see all the other dads and they've all moved on, you know. You, I see them walking on the coast with their new girl. But for me, I was such a um, 
a hard nut to crack. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I would never... And also just bringing someone into the relationship. I feel it's so fake. This is new mummy. And I'm like, it's a... Uh, it's but it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be that it doesn't I know what you mean and it will feel like that but it doesn't it doesn't have to be like like you said like I wish yeah. they because in your your kids in your eyes you're still their dad regardless yeah, if yeah. you feel like you're fucked up or if you're feeling like you're you're still their dad and you're still still doing the best by them you're already 95% ahead of the game if yeah, you, yeah 100% like and and, you, and that's where you got to cut yourself some slack and go fuck man I have 50% of 50% of my kids I love them. I don't drink yeah. with them when I see them, and I want the best for them. That is yeah, yeah. huge. That's all you can do, and you have to prepare because puberty's coming. Oh, and no man. matter what you've done, they're going to attack you. Yeah, 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 totally. I'm not equipped for it, and they start saying, "You fucked up, Dad. The divorce. I'll be decimated. Yeah. I have to be like built up as a strong person in preparation for when that uh, testosterone starts." Well, there you to go. You've got through. your time frame. You've got your deadline now, which is all of a sudden when they turn 13, let's say. And then yeah. you realize that unlike your report, you can't just do it the hour before. This is going to oh, take... Oh, mate, I've got to build on it. Or I change my name and I move to LA. <laughs> <laughs> what? And chase glory. Just a quick thing to tie this all up. because You yeah. mentioned it before, but, you know, you probably need some mental health professional help. <laughs> what is mate, your... Have you done it now? Have you, had you, have you looked into it? Yeah. Mate, I, I, you know what my problem is? I, my ego's huge, and I always, I always think I'm smarter than them. Well, that's, I, is I, that I ego insecurity? I, maybe it is insecurity. I've had bad experiences. Yeah. Like I saw a guy, like during the divorce and stuff, and uh, obviously I'd lost a lot of money. Mm. And I remember I told him oh, I lost like 1.4 money. He's like, "Oh my god, that's a lot." Oh, no wonder you're sad. Do you know what I mean? Like, he didn't fix it. He goes, if I lost that money, I'd be... He goes, if I had that money, I'd quit this job right now. He said, whoa, that is bad. And I'm like, I'm like, I come off and he's like, almost going, you fucking idiot. What's wrong with you? And I was like, I felt worse. And we also, when we, when we had the marriage counselling, the guy, um, I felt like he ganged up with her. I don't know if he was trying to hook up with her. I'm like, I'm mental. I'm thinking he's trying to... You know, and then eventually we did a few sessions and they broke away and they were doing one-on-ones and I was left. You know, we had marriage counselling and then I'm like, what do you mean you're still seeing him? Uh, yeah, we, we're just going to work on me at the moment. And I was like, this is fucked up, man. And every, every, every counselling session would come away worse because I'm honest and I wear my heart on my sleeve. Amazing. So, Amazing. So she would go, she would go to like, what's the problem? And I would just go, it's this, it's this. I'm like, obviously they're going to fix it all. I'll pray, I'll show all the wounds and they'll apply ointment and fix it. And I remember saying to her, look, it, I just can't imagine us in retirement traveling together. I said, I just don't imagine us doing Europe. I, I said, I don't see it. And she's crying. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, this is a professional. He, he will find a way to work around with it. But I was actually revealing harsh truths and things that I had hidden, maybe long-term for the best, but I was like, this motherfucker, like, he, you know what I mean? He's opened me right. up and I've said things that I would never say to a person, but I thought it was safe space. And even to this day, I feel bad about our marriage counselling sessions right. because I was yeah, too loose-lipped. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I, I, I want to point out that something that I got checked on years ago, which is because yep. I had such a dramatic 
positive impact like the 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 results versus the effort from uh counseling for me were huge you know what i mean like i just i yeah. but turns out i lucked out with my counselor with my psychologist that we clicked straight away and she got me she dropped fucking yeah. um uh, uh you know uh not truth bombs but like uh aha moments almost on day one you know and so yeah, yeah. we've built and we've got this great rapport now whereas what i've come to discover is that that's not always the case especially that it's a if you just don't jive with them like my accounts my, my psych has said that she's oh, had yeah. people turn off on her because they just don't work well together well that's the thing it's their personality right. thing as well because you want the good will hunting experience right. where you got the robin williams right. that that and then you arrive and you've got some guy from the government with the weird michael jackson gloves leaving in a datsun going your life's gonna be all right i'm like your life's <laughs> Not even sorted, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give him a push start after our session. He's going, life's going to be good. I'm like, I reckon you live with your parents as well, you piece of shit. <laughs> that's so true. And that's the thing. And what, what someone pointed out to me is that every time you reset and start anew with someone new, um, you have to it, yeah. go through all that trauma and shit over again. And yeah. it's a painful process. So to rip the bandage off, every single time and sort of show your wounds is going to cause a lot of pus to come out. Oh, well, that's the thing. And if they're not going to put ointment on it, it's like, don't relive yeah. it. Just ignore it. Lock that part of the house yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep the bandage and let it fester <laughs> under because opening it up is more painful at the start, especially if you're opening well, it to the wrong person. It happens to a lot of treatment because you, you focus on ruminating on focusing on the past trauma but really what you need to do is build the, the skill sets and the tools to be more functional and, and have, you know what I mean, engage with life in a more positive way, do you know what I mean, rather than focusing on this <coughs> happened, the divorce, that was an awful thing. It's just like, dude, let's find ways of you being more disciplined and being more goal-orientated and controlling your mood better, when, do you know what when, I mean, so that you don't fucking get divorced again. When you think of yourself as the happiest you were, right, uh, yeah. and this is a serious question, what elements of your life were there then that isn't you know that is potentially doable uh, now cocaine man was it cocaine <laughs> i was gonna say it i was like okay but what was it about the coke that would get you there no i was only joking the the happiest um the happiest i was was when i lived in sydney yeah. And I'd set up that broking business and I was so focused on stand-up and I loved it. I was obsessed. I just talked about it and um, just having that goal and I thought, I'm just going to fucking, I don't care what it comes to this. I'd finally found, because I'd wanted to do it since I was a young kid and I'd never had the balls and I was finally doing stand it. Stand-up or broking? And then, no, stand-up stand and broking. Right. I liked both right. of them. I wanted to be yeah, a broker right. and I had both yeah. and they were both working. Right. But the problem was... I then also had the relationship and my partner wasn't happy because I was neglecting her and she got more and more lonely yeah. because I'm going out to gigs and I'm getting all these highs, trading and making money and then also doing performance. Mm. And she is more and more isolated and we'd moved from London there. And then eventually, you know, it snaps because she wants to be home back in Perth. And then we moved back. And that was the end for me. As soon as I moved back, I felt, well, comedy's over because you guys have been to Perth. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's it's like a dog jumping through a hoop. It becomes like, do you know what I mean? It's like karaoke each no, weekend. And, that, and that's, the, th and that's the third bracket. 
yeah, yeah. Dude, you know what I mean? It feels like you're doing amateur karaoke. There's no fucking career path. But I will say this. You're though. wasting your time. So what, what, what my understanding uh, of happiness <laughs> is linked to self-esteem. And self-esteem yeah. is basically when you are living a closer to the version of yourself that you want or you've told is an important yes. what is important to you it doesn't matter what it is important in the world but if you've told yourself this is the thing that is important to me then the closer you are to that the more your self-esteem is high oh, the mate, more I you're was, away I was so happy then yeah but the more because the I... more you deviate from what you've told yourself is important to you the more you feel an impact on your self-esteem so if you break it down as simple as that what that yeah. was during sydney was you've told yourself being a stand-up and being a broker is important to you and therefore yeah. now you're doing it. Therefore, you, this is the closest to your, you know, truest self-esteem you are. Yeah, yeah. I felt, I felt, I felt great at that period. I was the happiest I'd ever so been. Good- it was the first time I'd broken the matrix because I had my own business, yeah. and then I also had in the back burner the possibility of stand up being something that I could deviate and do full time. And being which, being which goal seeking and goal orientated, like I think that's part of it as well. You've had the goal and you're getting closer to the goal. Not necessarily achieving it, but the pursuit of the goal itself is the win, right? Because you're now oh, 100%, pursuing something man. that you like, give a shit about. That's what's strange in stand-up because people get angry, but the mere pursuit of of the dream is all that matters. Like, it's not really important whether you become the biggest star. It's just the fact, fuck, man, you get to do yeah. it. And it's what you always wanted to do. And you're obviously limited by your own abilities. So maybe you're just not good enough, but it doesn't take away the joy of doing the, the dream. Well, right? not good enough, yes, I think, is the main key. But like, but like yeah. Dill said, is like a lesson is not learned if, if you don't, you know, if you don't learn from it. And then if you found that happy place and you found that medium, is this time you would give some space for a relationship. Oh, because mate, that's the thing. I, I, basically overcooked the gears. I went too hard at the dreams, the comedy and the stockbroking, and it came at the cost of her. And And they said it in the marriage counselling. He goes, it's a love triangle here. It's yep. you, your ex, and comedy. And I go, it's true. And then they would say, which do you think you would choose? Well, I said, I have chosen her because I moved to Perth, which destroyed any chance of comedy. But I suppose I resent her for that because I probably love... And I've started to realise it now, and it's so selfish, it's the worst. I did love comedy more. That's the worst part. But you know and, that. Yeah. Like, and that's and you why relationship, that. and it's my fault, because I was obsessed, and uh, I did neglect her, and she was aware of it, and I was fucking cheating on her with comedy, hey, to be honest. Well, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's a tough one, because... And, and the, problem you know, is, the problem is you, the redemption you, story. How do I come back from here? Because... I've now made scenarios that affect it, right? Because I've got two kids and they're everything to me. So I was happy to bail the opportunity of being East Coast, which is way more fun for stand-up for them on, in the pursuit of keeping the family unit together. Now that's e- exploded. So it's actually a very hard scenario now to see because what, what I need to do is renege on my word or travel more away. But you know what I mean? At the cost of my children, yeah. so you know, I'm I'm in a bad. Bind, well, you know, really. they you don't know. have to be mutually exclusive. I just want yeah. to. They don't have to be mutually exclusive in your head, because of the industry, they are mutually exclusive. But they don't have to be. Well, we, yeah, yeah, I yeah. cannot stress this. I know, I know what you're thinking, but it does not have to be mutually exclusive. There are so many ways. There are so no, many different right, opportunities. You're right, you just got to change that mindset you're because right, you're it, right, and it, and it's deal, deals right. It's a mindset. Thing. It's very easy to 
um, be defeaters and ex- say that obstacle and make excuses. But there's always a workaround, mm. right? Everything's workaround. Can I give you the, uh, the example? But like the, the idea is even if you became – it's so hard that if you moved over there to keep the family unit and didn't work – that resentment, whether it's directed towards your partner, yeah. in the end, the last thing you want to do is that resentment to seep to the kids because they will feel it. They will oh, they'll, no, they'll do, do it. And so, and the fact that you even know that, I just think, just don't think that it, one's not without the other. I reckon. Yeah, 100%. I, it just because you're a great comic, you're a great dad. Again, you're ahead of so many other people. Like, I just, yeah, I man. just. I just really, I, I know it sucks being over there. And sure, you don't get to tour as much as you do. But when you tour, you'll kick it out of the park. When you have that opportunity, yeah, you, you get to fun, do it. Yeah, you have more fun, man. And you know, what the, you know what the truth is? Um, everyone has obstacles. And it's, I think the, the reason my, like, we're tying it into the weight and things fell away was um, just giving up. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think with the Sydney taken away from me, I became a, a petulant child and had a bit of a tantrum. And there was, it was inevitable she was going to leave me because I was fucking bitter and angry. Yeah. And no one wants to be around someone like that. Mm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And the truth is you're not going to get any of your dreams when you, you act like that because no one wants to fucking work with you. Yeah. And no one really likes you if you're a negative piece of shit that's bringing people down all the time. Do you know mm. what I mean? Uh, invariably, no one likes being around that. You could, yeah. you, could, you could have a plan like Dominic Holland. Dominic Holland is a British comic. Uh, who quit, yep. uh, I think, in the 90s to focus on being a dad. And um, yep. his, his son, Tom, grew up to become Spider-Man in Marvel, and now he's got millions of dollars thanks to his son. Oh, mate, it's it's like the, the Jim Carrey story yeah, as well. It's a great story. That's an amazing story, and it's like Jim Carrey's dad, yeah. who was janitor. a, a yeah. CA. He was a janitor, right? And they ended up, yeah, janitor. He, he, he was fired as an accountant, yeah. and then janitor, and then I... I uh, he never really pursued it, but he encouraged Jim and yeah. facilitated it. And then Roger, Roger, uh, Rodney Dangerfield yeah. met Jim's dad and goes, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> He's the funniest motherfucker I've ever met. What do you mean you're a janitor? What the fuck? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was, he was blown away of the amount of talent. And Jim still says that he's a small mimicry, a small version of what his dad was. Right. Yeah, and his dad just, well, his dad base. And you know what the great moment was? His dad realised he was so unhappy and he's a janitor. And then he realised, oh, I'm here to make Jim. And that's what freed him. Right. And then he got, he got growth in going, I will make Jim Carrey. Right. And that's why I was brought on the planet. I'm not meant to be Jim Carrey. Yep. I meant to create fucking Jim right. Carrey. And maybe, yeah, that, that's a nice pivot, man. So my poor bastard kids are going to be forced into stand <laughs> They both want to be accountants. And he's like, I just want to do a spreadsheet. And I'm like, do a funny face, dickhead. Well, Mike, we Mike right Myers' now. dad did the same thing. Mike Myers wanted to go into, I think, architecture or something. And the dad said, no, don't do that. Get into comedy. You're funny. Like, he's as the opposite, opposite of most parents where... Dude, it's amazing. And I suppose that is... The narcissism, right? It's all about you. But once you've got kids, it's a slow transfer of your energy into them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe in a way I'm not being a good dad because I'm still on a podcast talking about myself when I should really be saying, no, oh, my kids No, no. Change that narrative, Wolfie. Come on. Like, it's going to take time. Dude, you are I a good dad. I've been myself for years, man. You are I a good a dad. 50. 
to fix my fucking negative thoughts. I I need someone constantly monitoring me, slapping my hand. The, the, Don't yourself say out. that. You're you're a good. You love your kids, and you're doing the best by them. You can't ask for more than that. You Dude, just can't. I must say, I must say, both of you guys have lost so much weight. You look great. No, 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 no. We've actually put some back on. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I yeah. Of course, of course, you give back a little bit of the win. But I'm like, uh, from where this podcast started to where you are now, it's fucking a massive turnaround stories on both. Hey, it's been very Thank good. Thank you, mate. But don't change the topic. Yeah. Going back to you. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to do a, a flip, flip around. around. No, no, no. Yeah. I appreciate it. But thank you. Uh, look, I think we, we need to start wrapping up anyway. But I, I, do, I, I, I don't know. I find that uh, you're a fascinating unit. You're very, very funny. And everyone should absolutely go yeah. check you out um, uh, live whenever you perform. It's actually a, a, a force to be reckoned, reckoned with. Uh, and, I, and I hope more of the East Coast gets to see Andrew Wolf in action. But also as a person, man, you're a great guy. And obviously, I love chatting to you about this. And we can we didn't even get into trading and the stories there. So, oh, save dude, it for a Patreon. Tr- Patreon. Save it Patreon. Yeah, we do a uh, trading update. Yeah. Trading Patreon. We'd love that. We've gone from Jacques Barrett to crypto to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Well, do they? That's oh, the other do how's, they? How's, how's Jacques doing on crypto? It's great. It's great stuff. Dude, I got him, I got him in a, a stock near map. And uh, I think uh, he was he was checking it re- like uh, going mental he, he was with his expat and she was like he wouldn't stop he's on the plane and then eventually i think he just bailed out yeah. after a few months because it was just too much and ultimately i think it went up about eight times but Jesus. it was just it was just about you know what i mean it just became all consuming like just uh, oh, it's, it's down one cent i'm like dude it's a long play long man play. it's gonna be the, fun. Um, i i would love to, i'd really sit in the night i would love to do a patreon uh, about um that because i've just entered the world of uh, the shares i've got my comsec account it's been like a year now and i just would love to just pick your brain like, you've, doing been, my... you've been in a, a tough market like with the tech space off about 40 percent. it's virtually absolutely you've been on a uh grabbing but, a, a falling knife man if you've but when you have you someone giving money. you advice and that's where i wanted to unpick it and save it for behind the wall but you oh. know if, so, if someone's giving you decent advice you actually can weather the storm well, well you've done you've done incredible if you haven't hit, taken a loss in the last six months you've no. navigated it fucking well yeah and- but again it's thanks to someone else <laughs> insider trading it sounds like. I don't know what you're talking about I don't know what you're talking about um, no, Wolfie where can people find you if they want to do uh, follow your work um, we do a, a podcast sure thing yeah. with uh, Josh which is uh, finance and then just anecdotes which, which Josh? and a lot of me Josh from uh, Gold Coast oh Josh Armstrong Armstrong yeah, yeah. yeah. ironically we, he owes pod- me money Mate, he, he owes everyone money. He hasn't released my last episode. It's weeks on. This guy is unreliable. Actually, scratch that. The podcast is redacted. It's over. It's over. Okay, so you've got a podcast and then um, online you're dead at the wheel. Oh, uh, man, just, yeah, just look out for me. I, I haven't been that active on socials, but um, I'm floating about. If you want to find me, you, you'll find me. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks so much uh, for our listeners. Thank you. Uh, I have Thank one you. last uh, tour plug, I think, which is uh, this is coming out on 27th May uh, this evening at 6 p.m. at the Tivoli in Brisbane. Uh, please come down. Last minute. Why not? Just if you listen to this going, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. deal's on tonight. Yes. Let's go do it. Uh, go see it. The, and that's the last one for the run. I is that the last so one for the run? There's potentially daily? one in Northern Territory happening later in the year, yeah. but I'll uh, once that's locked in, I'll let you know. Yeah, man, you don't mean, need my endorsement, but go see Dill. He's cooking it right there. Yeah, he's um, cooking. Um, uh, I, 
no plugs except uh, please uh, Patreon uh, we love your support it allows us to keep doing the podcast we can't uh, thank you enough so please uh, only five dollars uh, a month uh, the other one is uh, I will do a rerun of my show but it won't happen till October I'm going to do it as part of the Fringe and I think that is it right. um, again uh, on the Instagrams both follow uh, well that's it and, and if someone wants to chip into my daycare bill yeah. shoot me a go text find me. go yeah. find me and, and, and what kills us is with Labor coming through, and if they run it through the lower house, which if they do get the 76 votes, there'll be a whole generation who gets free childcare. And oh. I'll tell you what, I'll be a bit resentful. Oh, I'm so angry. It's been so expensive. It's been so expensive. And for people who don't understand, you know, two kids, four days a week, it works out to be about 30 grand a year. So it's, it adds it's, up. It adds up to the point where you're almost like, do we even bother doing the job? Hey? And, Once you've and got hence, your in your commute. And hence the battle that has been the last 40 years of this country. Like, 100%. Like, 100%. Anyway, save for the Patreon. Right. Save for the Patreon. Patreon um, ain't all saved. Well, uh, thanks. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Love you.